0: Welcome to the Nine Months Podcast. My name is Phineas, and this is my mama's podcast, and and here she is. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Nine Months Podcast. This is episode number 45, and last week we took a little bit of a break. I set out to record Avi's birth story for you guys, and I just got a little bit—it's just a little bit daunting for me to do it. So I, I pushed it a bit and pushed it away in my head, and then I had to, I had to delay the episode. But I guess that's okay. Um, sometimes I don't know. With Phineas, I was ready to tell that story really quickly, but uh, with Avi, it's been a while. I think to think about and you know, process a little bit, um, had a birth here, I guess, uh, you guys are going to hear it soon. But um, I think the biggest factor there for me was the fact that, that I I did a home birth, and I really wanted a home birth, and it was hard uh, to find the right support. And once I did, I sort of had to keep it a secret. So um, yeah, but I'm very, very grateful for for the support that I received throughout the process of being pregnant and giving birth in Prague. And it was a wonderful experience. And um, if it wasn't so hard to take care of babies and be home, (laughs) I'd do it again and again. Um, I also have some, some exciting news. I'm working on these childbirth courses um with under the umbrella of the birth collective and uh, my friend Alex that's also my business partner in the yoga studios we're quite excited about it we have been we're both looking for a good place to to take a childbirth course before giving birth here and um that was in English and that felt a little bit safe and, or a lot safe I should say, and, um, and with breathing techniques and a bit of yoga and yeah, all the things. It's not fully ready yet, but it's coming soon and we're very excited about it and it's a really wonderful process to create something that might be helpful for other people um that have been going through the same thing as as me and and as Alex so so it's very it's very cool and um and yeah keep your eyes open your eyes peeled for for some new things around that and uh and yeah um let's I guess today hear hear from me <laughs> so without further ado here is Abby's birth story Alright, so here we go with Avi's birth story um, and again I am alone in my office, in my house and I've been pushing this quite a lot. Um, even today I decided I was going to do it today, I'm going to record it today. I've been pushing it this morning, I went for a walk, I went to take myself a coffee, I decided I needed to write it down again, I decided to do all the things. Uh, And once I sat down here by my computer, I was like, okay, there's so many other things I need to do with the business and with the things that I'm doing, so I just uh, have taken my time with all of this. Um, And the reason why it's been more difficult to tell or to sit down to really tell Avi's birth story is that um I'm a little bit afraid of um putting someone uh in trouble because I had a home birth in Czech Republic in 2019 which is not um It's not legal for... or Back then, I actually don't know how it is now. I should do my research on that. But back then, it was illegal for midwives to attend a home birth. Um, But obviously, it happened all the time. And I managed to to find my way through it. But um, I just want to be able to tell this story freely without thinking about... um, all the things that I might say that might put anyone in trouble. So, <laughs> so that's what's been going through my head about this. But I think I have a fairly good idea of how to do this. I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to uh, talk about certain like locations maybe sometimes. And just uh, be a little bit more neutral in that way. And if you have any questions or anything regarding... Um, my experience with having a home birth and planning for a home birth in Prague then you can reach out to me personally also after after this and just ask me any questions you might have and I can help you and guide you um, towards the resources that I have um, yeah but with that said um, let's get into... The story of Avi Cornelius edison Wakenshaw. (laughs) He is now a two and a half year old rambunctious uh, truck of a child (laughs) who just is uh, in love with his brother um, and wants to do everything that his brother is doing. Uh, But they're completely different as humans. Phineas is very is very thoughtful, he thinks about things a little bit more, needs a little bit more time to to take his steps in the world. And Avi is a little bit more the opposite. He will just run straight out and not think about the consequences at all. Um, I think it's good to have a little bit of both of those. <laughs> Maybe they can learn from each other. That's what I'm hoping anyway. Um, so... After we had Phineas... I don't actually know where I finished that story with Phineas, actually. Um, but uh, for those of you that haven't heard Phineas's birth story... Uh, he was born in 2016 in London. And we had a home birth there with him as well. I think it's episode 28 or 29, if you want to go back and, and have a listen to that. Um, and then after he was born... We stayed in London, I think, for six weeks or so. And that was July 2016. Let's see. And then we went to... Uh, I went to Sweden for a few weeks to stay with my parents. Because trigby had to go to Korea to perform. So I was there over my 30th birthday in August. And then... And then we went back to London a little bit and had a few little trips with Trigvi's work around Europe with a baby, which was really nice, actually. It was a really, really nice time to have a tiny baby, to go around and travel with with Trigvi and he would perform in the evenings or in the afternoons. And we'd just spend the rest of the time together and explore the world with a tiny baby and explore our time as parents—that was really nice. Um, and then Phineas was three months old when we packed up our lives for for a few months. So we put our stuff in storage and packed our bags, and we went on tour with Trigby. So Phineas went to Japan as a three-month-old. That was easy to fly with a with a little guy. <laughs> I know this question comes up in the forums a lot. How hard is it to fly with a baby? It's really easy to fly with a tiny baby. The ones that can lie in the bassinet and they sleep all the time. The thing that is not so easy is the fact that you don't sleep even if the baby sleeps you sort of like checking on them and making sure they're okay and and then you're doing this overnight 12-hour flight and then you haven't slept and then the baby wakes up and there you are <laughs> so that was the fact that wasn't so easy um yeah we went we went traveling I'm not going to take you to each place we went, but we went around. We spent quite a long time in Australia after that. Also a couple of months. Went to New Zealand to see his uh, grandparents. And um, then a few months later, late spring, maybe around this time actually, five years ago, we decided that we needed to, to go someplace, to live someplace and be... Uh, a little bit more settled um, in one spot and then we tried to find the the good spot for that so where we could get to an airport easily and travel out uh, because most of Trigvi's work was mm, out of um, out of country Um, and living in London that's not it's not the best it's just expensive and it takes you two hours to get to any airport from wherever you are and And it's just, it's just not doable. So we looked at some places that we loved and, um, and Prague was on the list. Our first choice though was Taipei because we love Taipei, uh, but for obvious reasons, it's not so easy bureaucratically to just pack up and move to Taipei. So Prague was on the, on the second choice and we chose to, to come check it out. So Firstly, we went to France to see um, Phineas's godmother, Lauren. She's French. She's been living around also, but she was living in France at that point. So we went to visit her for a month. And then she was like, okay, I'm going to come with you guys. Which was really, really nice. Because it's a really nice relationship that Phineas and Lauren have. And to have her close is really really lovely and it really means the world to him and to us that she's around and she's still around by the way she's still living here in Prague with us (laughs) so anyway we um we moved to Prague we bought a ticket to see if we liked it and we did and like on day three or something we found an apartment and it was like this is perfect we're gonna live here this is great and then we just moved here and it was great (laughs) And um, yeah, we started just being in the city and exploring and Trigui was still working out of the country and I started building my business, Prague Yoga Collective, over the years and fast forward to 2019, no 2018, Um. I think over the years between Phineas and Avi, we had a few. I took a couple of pregnancy tests because I had like a scare that like I thought I was pregnant. I just have very, very um irregular cycles. And after Phineas, I didn't ha- get my period back for maybe 13 months, 14 months. It was quite a long time, which was quite nice, actually. Then it came back and it was super irregular. And then I sometimes I was like, I must be must be pregnant again. So I think that was a bit scary because I wasn't ready to have another baby. And then then what happened? It was 2018 and we were invited to uh, Trigvi's little brother's wedding in Australia over New Year's between 2018, and 2019. So we we packed up uh for a couple of weeks to go go for that big party and we did and we we were hanging out with the whole Wake and Show family which was really, really wonderful to see all of the aunties and uncles and and um and grandma and grandpa and, and all of that and have some sunshine in the middle of winter which was really great. Um and then we came back early January and I was feeling really funky, like, but Australia's far away and there's jet lag. So I wasn't thinking much of it. I was just thinking that I'm still feeling weird after jet lag and, and it's just a thing that's that's going to pass. And I, And I was craving just like vegetable soup. Like any type of creamy vegetable soup, and I wanted it for breakfast. Like I'd teach a yoga class, and then I'd, I'd go ask around in cafes, like if they started serving their daily soup yet, because I really wanted it at at nine a.m. <laughs> and I didn't think much of it. I th- I thought that was jet lag. And a couple of weeks passed, maybe three three weeks or something passed and I was doing this it was that time where oh what's her name uh, Marie Marie Kondo when everybody was looking at her or watching her show on Netflix and they were just saying does this spark joy to their clothes or not and then throwing it out so we did that in the house We put all our clothing on the bed and we and we picked um The ones that we were going to throw out. And we threw out like almost all of our clothing. And it was really great. Um, And I was alone. And I was packing up all these clothes in these big bags. And taking runs down to the bin on Latenskina Amnesty Just to drop them off into, into the clothing bin there. And when I went with the last bag. I found... No, wait, what would happened? I'm trying to remember the flow here. (laughs) Maybe that day I was like, oh, maybe I'm pregnant because I haven't had I didn't have my period for maybe two months. And perhaps I'd had some spotting or something because that happened with Phineas. I had some spotting and then I thought it was my period. There was something going on. Uh, that made me suspicious anyway and I went I'd gone yeah I'd gone to the to DM and I got one of these little strips that you pee on so it's not like a digital one or anything it was just like this HCG test and and that before I ran the bags down I'd peed on it and I looked and I was like oh I was negative and then I sort of left it there on the counter and I came back maybe to pee or something and I looked at it again and there was like the faintest line and the faintest line where you sort of it's almost like you're thinking am I fooling myself that I'm seeing this right now is this is this really there is it really really there (laughs) um and the more I stared at it, the more that line was there. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, maybe, maybe I'm pregnant. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> and with that sort of half knowledge, I went down, up and down to these bins to drop all these clothing off. And when I dropped the last bag, I found this little, it was like a tiny thumb-sized little knitted owl. On the ground just next to the bin. Just a little tiny little toy thing or whatever. that looked very discarded and I, and I picked it up and I was like, okay, I'll just take it. I don't know. I don't know why I took it, but it just felt like some sort of sign. And I went to the pharmacy and I got one of these digital tests. And then I went home and I was like, not sure if I want to do this right now maybe I picked up Phineas and I think I put him to bed and then he after he was asleep I think I took this test I'm not sure of the order but it doesn't really matter but I took the test and it was like yeah pregnant like two to three weeks like really really early and and I just couldn't believe it and then Trevi was out for the whole evening I think and I went to bed and before I went to bed, I put that test and this little knitted owl in the kitchen on a little something for him to see and then I went to bed and I fell asleep and and when he came home, he like woke me up and he was like, "We're having another baby." and that was really sweet that was really sweet and yeah, and then we were gonna have another baby. <laughs> It was early 2019. Um this maybe like early February or late January, something like that. And um we the first thing we talked about actually was the fact that Trigvi had a show booked. So he was going to go to New Zealand for August, sorry, July and August. Um And a little bit of September. It was like eight or nine weeks. This show that he was doing. In Auckland. And he. Originally we were like all gonna go. But then we figured out that my due date. Must be like end of September. Or early October. And that was very very close. To to this project. And it was very tough. To think about. Um either or scenario either just uh, to going away on his own and being away from us for that last trimester fully or me going with and for for like a brief period we were thinking maybe we can have the birth in New Zealand but then like looking at the paperwork it was just like a lot a lot a lot of things to think about and Maybe it would be expensive and finding a midwife that late in the game once you got there because you couldn't do it before. And there was a lot of things surrounding that that made that impossible. And um, also you can only fly those long haul, I think up to 32 weeks or something. You could probably get away with it with a doctor's note, but I wasn't really... I wasn't really gonna risk sitting on a 17-hour flight from Dubai to Auckland and going into labor like (laughs) I was not gonna risk that in in my 36th week or something it didn't feel like a good option for us anyway so that was like our biggest discussion actually in the beginning what to do with that and I think Trigvi had a lot of heartache around that because obviously he wanted to be around and um and he also wanted to do the project, because it was a really nice one that he'd been working on before. So, um, it was just like a little bit of a catch twenty two. What if we do? What if we don't? And and all these things. And, um, and then we started looking at at having the birth in Czech Republic, and as soon as I started looking at it. I immediately went into like fight or flight mode. Everything I read online was horrendous. Hospital births, being tied down, C-sections because you don't speak Czech. Like I don't I don't know all these stories if they were true or not, but it was a lot of horrible stories. And I know those are the ones that make it online. The normal stories and the positive stories usually are not making it online so much as the bad ones. And I was just really panicky. I did not want to give birth in a Czech hospital or in a hospital whatsoever. I had really wonderful home birth with Phineas in the UK. And then I couldn't really wrap my head around the fact that you can't do that in in this country. You can't have a home birth. You That midwives were not considered medical professionals that it was just like really mind-boggling to me that it was not in 2019 seen as a medical profession um and I don't know everything about it I don't know all the research about it and all the the um, history and stuff but there was there was this uh place online which I now think was Aperio uh, which we've heard about before. Aperio.cz They have a lot of resources. And I think it was their website that I was looking at. Um, because there was this famous um, rebellion midwife. That had home births anyway. That I figured out. Um, and on their website. She actually had a practice down south. In, in Prague. Like a... Uh, Goodness, Catch it off and then further down. So, around eight or nine weeks pregnant, me and Trigby went down to see her. And she's like, she's an older lady. I forget her name now. Because I can share her name. This is one of the names that I can actually share. She's been working as a midwife, I think, her entire life. She's led a lot of protests for for women's rights in hospitals and for midwives' rights and for, for safe space to birth. And it's, it's a pretty cool human. Um, and we saw her and we spoke about... Uh, giving birth at home and she she just she just seemed like it wasn't that big of a deal she was like yeah you can do that if you want (laughs) and we can be there and she had some people around her and and I think I think in I don't know what sort of legal pocket she was in but it seemed like everything was fine legally to do that with her so we thought about it for a while Uh, We went home from that appointment and it was like nine weeks. I hadn't even had my 12-week appointment yet. And uh, I, you know, it was just super, super early. And it was like not, um, I didn't really know what to do yet. I still felt really confused about it. And I also, even though she was really great and she had a lot of references, I didn't like vibe with her. I didn't have... Felt like I couldn't ask all the questions I wanted to ask, and I felt a little bit um, unsure. That's all, a little bit unsure. Um, and I should say that I had, <clears throat> I had a, an appointment to confirm the pregnancy, with an OB, very early. It was like six or seven weeks, and. This was only because, again, I went online and everyone's like, get an OB now because you're not going to get one. They're all going to be booked up and then you're going to be without a doctor. And I was like, "Okay." (laughs) So I did that. And my kids go to Atoda Medical. This is where the there's a fantastic pediatrician there, by the way. Her name is Dr. Podstolska and she takes such good care of my children. And we love it there uh, for the kids. It's really wonderful. Um, I went for the OB there. I just sort of called them because I wasn't sure where to go. And a lot of these VZP accepting offices, they said no. So I called Atoda and they were like, yeah, we just hired an OB. Uh, I don't remember his name, but you should come and see him and... So I went there and I had to pay out of pocket because it's a private clinic. So, And they hadn't made a maternity package yet. So I had to pay, maybe it was like 1200 crowns for a visit or something. It was a bit expensive, but I did it anyway. And when I went there, I was very determined to sort of advocate for myself. And I was going to ask the questions about home birth. And I was going to ask how I can do this in... In Czech Republic, the way that I would like to uh, try, and I also was gonna refuse an internal ultrasound because I was thinking that I don't, I actually don't want it right now, and I don't need it, and he can do a urine test or a blood test to confirm my pregnancy, and um, I walk in there, and I'm with my husband, and Phineas is there too, and uh, and yeah, I agree to this internal ultrasound anyway it's just so effing intimidating sorry for swearing but it's just doctors are intimidating and then we're saying all these things about make your you know stand your ground take make your own decisions and it's it's easy to say that but it's not easy to do that especially with people of authority and he was not very kind about my wants and needs and he said, here in Czech Republic, we go to the hospital. I can go with you. If you want me to be there, you have to pay me this and this. If you want me to be on call for your birth, uh, I suggest you go to Podoli because you get the best help there. And there's the best doctors and the best NICU. And if anything goes wrong, you're in the best place for everything. And which is good, which is really good to hear that there is that there is support and there's uh, space for uh, helping the baby, if it needs help, helping the mother if they need help. Um, but nothing about this felt safe at all to me. Nothing about this felt like that that was something that I would like to do for my birth. And least of all did I want this man present in the room while I gave birth. Least of all. And I'm not. I'm not against male OBs. There are women that prefer male OB. Um, there are, um, I don't, I don't think it should be like, it doesn't have to be genderized, you know, but sometimes I compare it to, to like, if you have penis trouble and you're a man, I think you'd prefer to see a man. I don't know. To look at your penis. I don't know. (laughs) Um, but that's my opinion about obese. I... Have had so many bad experiences with male OBs. Do not like it. They don't have a vagina. They're not giving birth. They don't know what it feels like. What it's. What is the sacred space of birth. So I personally. Go for a female OB. And that's all. And since that experience. Um, I saw him a couple of more times. But I then found myself. Uh, someone else. After Avi's birth. And. I can't, I, it doesn't mean that I speak for everyone, that this this is the way it should be or shouldn't be. But like, for me, it didn't feel safe there. It did not feel good about having a baby in Czech Republic. And I had a lot of anxiety surrounding the fact that I was going to probably have to do it here in Prague. And it was probably not going to be the experience that I wanted Um, And with that said, I'm open to hospital birth. I'm open to intervention if needed. But what I'm not open to is a space where I'm not respected or I'm not heard or uh, things are on the clock or stuff like that. And I felt very unsure of everything. It was a big anxiety in my first trimester. So my first trimester felt like it went on forever. It went on for a long time and it was winter and it was cold and I felt really sick, morning sickness all day. Um, And I wanted to tell Alex and Betty, who are my um, business partners, I wanted to tell them so bad really early because I felt so shitty. (laughs) And teaching yoga when you are feeling queasy is not that great. There were a couple of classes where I was teaching and then in the middle I just like went out. I put everybody in child's pose and I the music was on loud and I went out and I had it I threw up and I came back in and I was like, yeah, let's do yoga. <laughs> um which apparently nobody noticed, which is really strange to me. But uh that happened and um yeah I I just had a really tough time uh, that spring in 2019. Just wrapping my head around the fact that I was having another baby. The fact that I was having a new business also. That I was going to have to navigate stepping out of a little bit for maternity leave. Because obviously you can't have maternity leave for a year if you have your own business. It doesn't work that way. There's not enough support when you're your own... um, when you have your own business uh, when you're self-employed so there was a lot going on like practically so I had a little bit of a hard time connecting with the pregnancy I think just just like wrapping my head around the fact that I was having another baby and I guess it's like that when you have a child first because you're taking care of them and you're not really thinking about that you're you know, your pregnancy all the time. Your first pregnancy, you're just like, oh, I'm pregnant. And you can be with that for the whole time because you have nobody else to mind for. But now I had Phineas to to care for also. So there was that. And yeah, then I see, I think I saw, I reached out. So I did lots of Googling. I made a post in one of the Facebook groups for for women in Prague and I asked for uh, insights and help from people who've had a home birth and asked for them to put me in connection with someone who might be able to support me on that journey and I got some names and I reached out and I only heard back from one and it was later it was like a maybe a couple of weeks after sending an email and I felt destitute for those two weeks. Um, just feeling like, okay, I'm just going to have to go to the hospital. I don't know. So I went down to Podoli and I registered there. Um, because this OB said, that's what you should do. And I, was, I wasn't sure. and I, And I was thinking, you can register it as many hospitals as you want which is actually true which nobody nobody does but you you can and so I registered there before I was 14 weeks just to have a place as a backup if I couldn't make another plan and and then I heard back from this woman this midwife and she was very kind and she said let's let's meet and I'll come to your house and we will we will discuss uh discuss your options and she came and Trigby was here and we asked all the questions we had about the hospitals which one was more helpful in the way of maybe getting to have a quote-unquote natural birth um what what we could do in regards to making choices and then if she would be up for supporting a home birth which she totally was which cost us a bit of money um, and she would also invite one of her close colleagues who's also a midwife to attend the birth so there would always be two people there and we there was like no discussion almost between me and Trigvi. we said uh, after that going through all the hospitals and what could happen and stuff. We said, um, let's go register Rakovnik, um, which is in Rakovnik, <laughs> which is about 45-50 minute drive from, from Prague. And um, so we can have that if something's up and this will be our place because this one is a little bit more prone to supporting... um again quote-unquote natural birth because what's natural birth I don't know what else to to say vaginal birth then maybe vaginal birth without assistance um and they have uh, birth pools and um there are midwives on the staff there also um so they're like nurse midwives I think so that's a little bit more they've had that training and that um background of holding space for birthing people which is really cool and um, and then we said but let's try for home birth like let's definitely try to have this baby at home let's try to be together and have two women come support us um, in our apartment in Latna and we felt really good about that decision we felt um, like that was the right one for us the The trouble was that if something was going to go wrong, I think I thought about that a lot, because in the UK, if there's a sign that something's not going the right way for the home birth to continue, they call the ambulance straight away so that you are well within time to reach the hospital um, and give birth there and get assistance when you need it. So there's a good connection between the hospitals and the home birth teams. And here if you try for a home birth and something goes wrong, you go into the hospital, then you sort of have to lie about it and you have to say, Oh, I it was too quick, I, I couldn't I couldn't make it into the car or um you know, like you, you couldn't you couldn't tell what you were planning to do, which would then looked like you didn't have a plan for your birth and you wouldn't know what you were doing so you would not be supported in the best way maybe because you were not um, um, under the care of the hospital and also you wouldn't have taken your um, last few visits in the hospital that you do here in Czech Republic so it was a little bit of this anxiety of what if something goes wrong, then I'm gonna to have to step into this environment that I'm already a bit frightened of and I'm gonna to have to defend myself while being in labor. That was a big anxiety for me for this whole pregnancy. Um but yeah, we we hired this midwife and her colleague and then we primarily saw this midwife, um She came to my house and she would, I would pee on a stick to check the protein in the urine and other things. And she'd feel the belly and she had uh, both a Doppler and she had one of those old style midwives listening things. And um, she'd give me a massage sometimes and we'd talk about things that were maybe bothering me or worrying me or how I would feel and, and, um, things like that which was really nice um because it was a very human approach and I felt very seen by her and I saw her colleague a couple of times just to have a introduction so that I would know her and know how she could support me also within the birth when that would come to the time which was helpful and then during that time the midwife said That it would be good to go for a scan for the 20-week scan. So I I booked for a 20-week scan at one of her, I guess, one of her contacts. So this was also a male OB actually. But this male OB uh, was also supportive of home birth. So I was sent there by the midwife and did my 20-week scan there, which was great. And um, she said that this is the one that's the most important to do. So that was good. And I'm I'm now thinking that I forgot to say that I actually did, before I found the midwives, the guy that I saw at Atoda, the OB that I saw at Atoda, he sent me to um, do that test for down syndrome and other syndromes and stuff the blood test first and then the and then the scan that you do at 17 18 weeks or something like that to decide no is it 14 weeks I don't remember but to decide how like to to measure the neck and stuff to see if you have any down syndrome things and so I went so this is a really big story actually and a side story but I I was sent by Atoda to this to the scan center in Ljub, not Lubucepi. It was another one of those outside of Prague starting with an age. I'm sorry for my ignorance. It will come to me. I went out anyway uh to do a blood test and they took my blood and then did the scan, and they said, oh, baby's too small, so you came too early, so you don't have to come back. Maybe it was like 11 weeks or something. And then I went home, and and from this blood draw, my whole arm was blue. They'd taken, I don't know what vein she missed or hit or something, but my whole arm was blue, and it hurt for like a week after that. And then two weeks later or something, I had back out there for this scan and they take my other arm and they do another blood test and it's the same nurse and again I leave with this huge bruise on my arm that was really painful I could barely bend my arm and they did the the scan and they said um, that it was fine Uh, and then we waited for the blood to be drawn and I couldn't get the results in person so I had to go back out there to get these results and basically I waited in line for three hours and then they said yes everything's fine you can go home now and it was just I just felt awful just spending my whole day when they could just pick up the phone and tell me that it's okay (laughs) I feel like this has turned out to me complaining about everything but um I hope that's not how it comes off this was my experience and I'm going to stick to it um. Yeah, so that happened, and then, yeah, I did the 20-week scan, everything was fine, and we found out, he said this is probably, this is a boy, it's a boy, probably 90% chance this is a boy, and we were excited about that. I think Trigvi was a little bit bummed, because he really wanted a girl, but, um, but who cares, <laughs> so we knew we were having a little boy and then the summer went on and it was nice we had a nice time that summer and we then in mid-July Trigvi left for New Zealand so that decision was made where he went away for two months to be away from us to do the show and then he would arrive home I think it was like the 28th of September and I was due the 8th Both the 8th and the 9th. With the two different OBs I went to. They said 8th. And the other one said 9th of October. So it was quite a gamble. But we decided to go for it. And try to do all the things we wanted to do. And um, my mother came up for a month. Or five weeks I think. In the middle of that. So she came and stayed with us. And she was with Phineas for um, for that time and helped me with him so I could work because I was still working full-time I was still working and teaching all my classes in in the studio and and it was good I felt really good I felt strong in the pregnancy Um, I didn't gain so much weight in the pregnancy itself maybe eight or ten kilos or so um but that's also a thing that I asked the midwives uh, about because I don't feel very good in pregnancy because my body's changing. Um, that I don't know I don't know how that came off but it's not that I have an askew body vision or anything. It's just that I'm I'm used to working with my body all the time and then with the change of pregnancy it could disturb me a little bit. I just couldn't do all the things that I wanted to do and it was a little bit in the way sometimes. So I would shift from that to being really in awe of my body for creating a human and and with um with that I wasn't I didn't need to know how much I weighed all the time. So I asked the midwife to not weigh me or if she really felt like she needed to, she could weigh me and she could just take note of it and she wouldn't have to tell me about it. So that was very nice and respectful. And she, she weighed me once, I think, because I carry quite small. So she just wanted to make sure that I gained some weight and that was fine. Um, but that's also something that you can ask for even for your care provider from your OB if you feel like that's something that's that can get to you a little bit because your body's changing and you don't know then sometimes it's good to just ask about those things to be supported there and she totally supported me which I really appreciated so yeah i i did that i i came to about 36 weeks <clears throat> and I had I had the same pain. So if you listen to my previous story with Phineas, I had the same pain like under my belly button. So it's almost like a pain of stretching muscle or something. And it was just quite uncomfortable. And um, I asked the midwife about it and she came over and she... She gave me a little bit of massage and then she was feeling the baby for quite a long time. And then she told me, Lisa, I actually can't tell if this baby is breech. And then she like took my hand so I could feel too. She's like, this is something up here that's supposed to be a bum, but it doesn't feel... It doesn't feel um, squishy like a bum or something. It feels hard like a head. And I think he was like tucked behind my spine a little bit somehow. Not behind the spine but like in towards the spine. So she couldn't really make out if his head was his bum or his bum was his head. And and it was cool that she showed me because I kept on like feeling around on my belly and stuff. And she said you know, it's 36 weeks, so why don't you head back to the OB, have a quick scan just to see the placement of the baby, just so we can be prepared if this is a breech baby, what can we do? She said that perhaps at Rakovnik there could be somebody who would support a second time birthing person's breech birth not a first time breech like a first baby but a second baby delivered breech if it's frank breech could probably be supported in a Kovnik hospital um but most likely if it was something else it's an automatic c-section here and she wasn't confident in supporting me having a breech home birth in the least. She said she could maybe support me with a breech birth in the hospital but that's not allowed with a midwife. So it's just like this big circle of things that's not necessary in other countries but here there's so many rules. So that got me a bit anxious and I had an appointment maybe 3 4 days later and then I had one night before that and I felt this like The baby was flipping like a fish, like just rolling around in my belly so much. And then the next day I felt the belly and I was like, this is something different. This is maybe he just flipped head down or something. And then I went to the OB and the head was down and and he told me, what was she thinking? This baby's in the place it's supposed to be. (laughs) So I think probably baby was breech. And then he flipped. But who knows? We can't know for sure, can we? Um, yeah, so that happened. And then my mom went home around that time. And I was alone with Phineas for a couple of weeks. And then, and then Trigby came home. And that was really nice. It was so nice to have him home. I think he felt quite disconnected from everything. From the whole experience. I think he felt regretful that he shouldn't have left um, that he didn't feel so connected to the baby um, and he tried his best we've talked about this afterwards a lot more that there was, it was really hard for him to connect with Avi he didn't connect the same way with him that he did Phineas that was instant um, yeah so he came home and then I stopped working about a week before before my due date. I went on maternity, just maybe 1st of October or something. And I was just home. And me and my mom had been, or I'd taken my mom on nesting adventures to Ikea and stuff. So I was just uh, nesting my house and making some food. And I made my Padsicle pads. If you don't know what that is, it's like um, these big maxi pads that you use after birth and you spray them with um aloe vera and lavender oil and witch hazel it's a little mix maybe I'll post that recipe on my show notes page um and you smear them in that and then you freeze them in the freezer and then after you've given birth these are really cool to um to wear uh to heal um after a vaginal birth. So I prepared those. And, and we just waited. I went on big walks. Um, and yeah, we just waited around. <laughs> Let me remember. There was this one, maybe about a week before he was born. I had... I felt really tired one day. And I felt... Like I didn't want to eat and I felt like there was a little bit of Braxton Hicks. Like little contractions and I had a shower and then I was like I need to call the, the midwife. She came over and just gave me a check and she said everything was fine. And to call her if anything happened. And it almost felt like I was going into labor but it didn't really... It wasn't really there yet. Um, And then yeah we just had that week... And then on the eighth, which was his first due date, so eighth or ninth were his due dates. So on the eighth, I woke up, and I felt a little bit scared that I'd hit my due date. Phineas was born the first, the day before his due date, and I hit my due date because I was thinking, "Oh my goodness, what if, what if I'd go to forty-two weeks?" Because the midwife wife had told me that after forty-two weeks. She'd like me to have a um, little bit more support. Not that she couldn't support my birth after 42 weeks. But just that there are more complications that could arise after you've gone long overdue. So she would need a little bit more attendance to me if I went to 42 weeks. And on that 40th weekday, I woke up feeling like, oh my God, got anxious. I was going to go so long overdue that I wasn't going to make it and I was going to have to go to hospital and it was going to be awful and all the things. And uh, and then I was quite determined. I was like, this baby is going to be coming out now. <laughs> so I dropped Finneas at daycare and then I took myself for a really long walk and I live in Letna and we have a park here called Stromovka and it's quite big and I took myself for a walk in the rain around the entire park. So it was just like on the edges of the entire park. And it took me maybe an hour and a half or something. And I came home and I took a shower and I was all wet from the rain. And and I had some like Braxton Hicks during the day. Just little, little contractions. like. But I didn't think much of it. Um, I spent the day with Trigvy we watched movies or something and uh, maybe I did some work and um, then I went I was gonna go pick up Phineas again and I before that there was this little baby shop this organic baby shop with clothes and shoes and and uh, reusable nappies and stuff just in front of his daycare and I went for a big walk again, this time around Letna Park. It was also like an hour and a half, just walking, really, really brisk walking, thinking that this is gonna help the baby come out. And then I walked to this shop and I bought this little bamboo textile onesie for Avi, thinking that this was gonna be his first little outfit, this long-sleeved little, little bamboo outfit. And it was really cute. I put that in my pocket I picked up Phineas and we went home. It was a rainy day and I cooked this big pot of stew for dinner. And um, we ate and then I put Phineas to sleep or maybe, yeah, I put Phineas to sleep. And then Betty came over, my business partner. And because she used to teach a class in another studio up in Latna before we had our studio here. And she came to see me because her class started at 8.30 and it was a really late class so she came at 7.30. She'd probably have another class before so she just came to hang out for a bit before she had to go there. So she came and we had a cup of tea and while she was here these tightenings, these Braxton Hicks started to become just a tiny bit uncomfortable. And she wasn't here very long. And during our talk in our cup of tea, I had a couple of those where I was like, "Ooh, this it's was more like menstrual cramps. Like, mm, OK, this is something's happening. And then and then um, I felt like I needed her to leave, but I knew she was leaving anyway soon. So she I sent her on her way. Uh, I didn't tell her, though. I didn't want anything to be. um I don't know, to put me in some sort of expectation or something. And then I went into Trigby. was in the bedroom, and I said, maybe, maybe something's happening, actually. And straight away after Betty left, I actually started to get uncomfortable really quickly. So we said, okay, let's go in the living room and let's put on a movie. And, um, and I had this urge to go to the, go to the bathroom and, and do a number two. I don't know why I say number 2 to do poo. <laughs> Nothing's TMI, right? Um but it didn't work. Like it was just a very like urge, but it, nothing came out while I sat there. And we turned on this movie Bohemian Rhapsody with uh what's his name? Rami Mashid? Is that his name? Rami. Anyway, I only remember snippets of this movie, but I We were there, we were just sitting and there was rain on the windows above our heads. um, Because we live on this top apartment that has these slanted roofs. And it was really cozy, it was really nice to just be there. And I sat on the floor and Trigvi was pressing on my back, which is something that didn't happen in Phineas's birth. But here he just did it and it was really good because it really relieved a lot of pain when he pressed on my lower back. And we pulled out the contraction... Uh, app, and it was soon very, very close. So like three minutes apart, two minutes apart. And then maybe after half an hour or so, uh, maybe around 9, 9.30, Trigvi said, should we call the midwife? And I said, no, no, it's going to be a while. You don't have to call her. It's fine. And then Trigvi called anyway because he said, I just have to let them know that something started and it's evening. So maybe they're going to go to bed and just let them know. And I think that he said, uh, yeah, she's in labor. It's definitely happening. They're two, three minutes apart. And my midwife had told me that because my previous birth was about maybe about seven hours, eight hours from start to finish, that this might be really quick and my mom had really quick births also so I don't know I didn't even think about that but then she listened to one of my contractions so she listened to me during one of my contractions on the phone and she told Trigby okay I'm gonna be there very quickly <laughs> so she gathered her other midwife that was going to come with her and they both arrived and it was really calm they just it wasn't a big like hey we're here let's do this it was more like they arrived uh, around 10 and um they just watched me for a bit they made some cups of tea set up a little bit of equipment and stuff and and then she said we could check you but we don't need to let's see if you feel like you want to check i can check you but otherwise don't worry it could be it could be soon uh it's probably going to be soon is what she said she just was really calm and then and then they started to ramp up a lot it was really hard to cope and in my head i was like oh my god i have to do this again it's like you came back to that memory of your first birth and it was like Oh, my God, why am I doing this again? This is awful. Take me out of my body, please. <laughs> and I know that now that that was transition. But um, when you're in it, you're just not um, understanding the whole process, maybe fully where you are yet. So so this movie um, goes on in the background. And I'm hearing all of this music from, um, oh, my goodness, what are they called? From Queen <laughs> from this movie and uh, and I I just get into this all force almost like child's pose pushing down a little bit uh, to, to cope with these contractions and the second midwife she was just there holding space for me in this beautiful way and it was It was not something that I thought I ever needed, but she just, in between contractions, she was just in my ear and she whispered these little soft words where she just said, you're doing so great. This is happening soon and you're doing so great. Keep doing that or keep breathing. It was just like these little affirmations of how good I was doing. And it really softened, it almost like softened my whole face and softened my my whole body just the way that she was speaking to me and it was so beautiful i can really i can even remember what it felt like when she was speaking into my ear and how i could just relax into my body a little bit more and i'm so thankful for that um and then i remember i was on all fours so they came at 10 and avi's born at ten forty four, so about 44 minutes 45 minutes between their arrival and his birth so it was very short and during that time I was on all fours and we had gotten the what is it called we had um a shower curtain uh to put underneath us because we learned that in the UK that's good to protect your home from all the mess from the birth so We sort of put that out um, just after my waters broke. So it was like maybe halfway into the midwife's being there. It's really hard to remember time, but I just felt this pop. And I was wearing these, um, I was still wearing some some pajama pants and they just got all soaked. And I was like, my waters broke. And they looked at me and they said, oh, the waters broke. (laughs) And then... um, We put out this shower curtain underneath me and I tried, I said I need to push and I was pushing, but I went down into sort of a child's post thing, which is not like ideal because then the baby can't come out. So they were trying to coach me to stand up on all fours, but I couldn't. And then we they asked me to turn around and we'd try on the back. And I was like, I don't want to be on my back. This is not how, how I like to give birth. Um, but I did anyway. And and actually it was the way that Avi was born. I was on my back, like leaning up against the couch with Trigvi behind me. And this time I really remember it was harder to push him out Phineas was a bit more like one big push for the head and then one big push for the body. This was more if to get the head out, I could feel it going in and out. So I was like pushing. And then as I stopped pushing, it went back in again. And I was like, come on, (laughs) because it's just it's so intense. And my entire body was tense. And then they said, you have to push five seconds longer. You have to go to your very edge. And then five more seconds. And I, and during that time. Just like with Phineas. The heart rate of the baby started decelling. So she said. Okay we need to get this baby out. It was the same scenario. That with Phineas. It was like a replica. And so she said. We need to get this baby out. Or we have to go to the hospital. And I said. No, it's gonna be fine. Or maybe I said it in my head. I don't know if I said it to them, but I was I was like, it's gonna be fine. Phineas was fine, I'm gonna get this baby out. We're not going to no hospital here. <laughs> and I and then I pushed his head out and it was like the hardest thing I've ever done that I can remember. And his head came out and I and it was so good when the head came out. <laughs> and then his body came out with the next push. And he came up on my chest. And it was great. (laughs) And they caught him. And yeah, it was really, really surreal that it was happening. So they put him up on my chest. They pulled my shirt up, I think, and put him on my chest. And I didn't see his uh, face for quite a long time. And he was just there. He was a little bit gray. But we rubbed him a bit. And he... He made a little bit of noise and then gosh I don't remember I know that they took him at some point to just make sure that he was fine because of this heart rate going up and up so they maybe he was on my chest for, for a few minutes and then the midwife just took him to make sure that he was pinking up okay and that he was he was feeling good and and yeah he was and he was there and and i didn't look at his face for a long time like i said he just was on my chest so i just saw the top of his head and i noticed he had really big feet and big hands and and then they said do you does he have a name yet and i said it's avi and and uh, that story with the name is that we we wrote up a couple of or a bundle of names that we liked and then we just sort of narrowed them down by competing them against each other and we'd come to the to the avi name and I was certain and Trigvi said oh we don't know yet after I said Avi (laughs) but he's Avi he's been Avi since then and yeah that was really great and uh, we sat there for a while on the floor the midwife did this um, heat ceremony for the cord so she burnt off the cord with the candle and it took took quite a while I don't know, ten, twenty minutes or something, and it it's supposed to give heat into the baby. So after the sto- cord started stopped pulsating and it was white, she uh, started this process to bring heat and life into the baby, which was really beautiful. And then Trigvi cut the cord closer to Avi with a stone, a traditional New Zealand uh, green stone. That he had brought with him home from New Zealand, which was quite special, and um, and around one o'clock, we we just I think I had a, got to have a shower and the placenta came out okay. We got to have a look at that and it was beautiful, and I had a shower and then came back with clean clothes. And then once that all was done and we were sort of sitting on the couch, then Phineas came out from his room and he was like, "Hey, what's going on?" and and it was it was like he knew that his brother was there. So he came and sat down and and uh hung out with the baby and sang him his favorite song, which was the theme song to Poli. if you guys know that. Um <laughs> that show. We have a little video of him singing to Avi. It's really special. Yeah, and we just sat on that couch and the midwives were in the kitchen. And they cut up and prepared my placenta and uh, put it in the oven to dry it out to make placenta pills. And they made me a placenta smoothie. And I wasn't so sure about this placenta smoothie. I was not sure if I wanted to drink my own body parts. But uh, Trigby was like, "Ah, this is not a big deal. And he took a big swig out of it first. And I was like, if my husband is drinking my placenta... I need to do it too and it didn't taste like placenta it tasted like strawberries with all the fruit that was in there and it felt nice after that so so we did that and then um, the midwives went home maybe around 3 or 4 we went to bed and then there was another baby in our house and it was really nice <laughs> yeah that's my story I think uh, a lot to this story also comes with uh, postpartum with two kids that was quite tough for me in the beginning the first three months I don't have so much memory of it because I was sleeping so little and it was it was hard I, I had him in the in the um, baby carrier and I at night like 3am that's the only time I've seen Prague by night is walking my tiny baby to sleep because he wouldn't sleep whatever else I did I would put him in this thing and walk around around my neighborhood and he would sleep and I would cry and (laughs) it was really hard and then also having the the little guy uh the three-year-old Phineas that now had a mama to share I was it was a hard transition and then when Avi was four or five months old he um he I say the world uh went into lockdown And it was also very difficult to try to save my business because it was really hard uh, for all small businesses during that time. But especially if you do service, there was no way we could have income and all of the bills were, they were still there. People still wanted rent and gas money. Even if the studios were closed, so I had to work on that project while breastfeeding and being there for my family. and it was a really long and and hard postpartum, and I feel like Avi's now two and a half, and i'm I'm almost there. I'm not there yet. Um, it's still a push and a pull between Lisa as a person and Lisa as a mother of two two little ones. And um, without the support of my amazing husband, I wouldn't have been able to to do this um, uh, properly. You know, <clears throat> I think about all the single parents out there that have more, more kids. It's just, it's crazy to me. We do it somehow. Um, but yeah, that's a big thing, I think, to talk about because I didn't really get any help with that either help with my mind i guess because of covid i didn't like it's because of covid and everyone's home and everyone's depressed and everyone's sad And, and it was a big a big journey for me i think to get to where i am today after having avi um so yeah that's something that i could recommend to people don't wait just reach out if you need help postpartum because it is hard it's hard to raise another baby, to have another baby, to have your first baby, to be pregnant, to feel anxious postpartum, to feel depressed, to have anything else going on in the chemicals of your brain that's making you feel not so great. It's not supposed to be that way. Sometimes we believe that it's supposed to be that way, but it's not. And we are, we are okay to reach out for help. It's okay to ask for help. Um, And again, I say this, but I didn't. (laughs) But if I do have another baby, and if this happens again, I will ask for help. So we learn from our life and we learn from going through life and and all these things. And now I have been talking for a very long time. And uh, I will probably think about things that I need, needed to say after this but I will I will end this here and I will leave Avi's birth with you guys here and I think I've done well in not revealing any names or any things that are included in this story that could put anything, anyone into trouble but if you are considering a home birth please do reach out I'm here, I'm happy to answer any questions that you had about mine or any questions that could help you have one of your own if that's what you're desiring or just to find a a proper support in anything. I have a big network in this city regarding birth um, and supporting women through not just women but birthing people I should say which is important to remember and I'm reminding myself every day (laughs) Um, to to help support uh, birthing people uh, into into having the birth that they want and to having choices and to be respected and um, to ask for help. So that's my story. That's Avi's story. And um, I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you guys for listening to the very end. Um, I should say that I didn't listen yet. So we will see Um, when I make it to this, uh, probably after many of you guys, I was a little bit scared to hear it. So (laughs) Um, anyway, uh, if you'd like to reach out to me, if you have any questions in regards to any of this that I say on the podcast or anything else, then don't hesitate to reach out. You can find me on Instagram, nine months podcast, or you can send me an email at the nine months podcast at gmail.com and yeah you can ask me anything you can let me know if you want to share your birth story on the podcast also I'm always happy to record more stories as you know (laughs) I hope you guys have a wonderful week ahead and I'll see you again next week